Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, hello. Welcome back. All righty. Fixthenation.com slash Johnny Jensen. That's me, John A. Jensen. Author of the new book, <clears throat> Reality USA, which is, oh, I'll say the, the unabridged, unrequested Trump agenda. So if you have an interest in Trump, where he's going, etc., please do check it out. That's on Amazon.com, both in paperback and e-reader. A um, couple things. One, if you do buy it, please do review it. Okay. One, I love the honest feedback. Two, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. That's 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 okay. Do what you do. Um, that being said, Fix Nation has been here about five years. Um, I started back when. Uh, I'm going to say Obama sent me off. Um, another, um, what, what did they say, the um, unintended consequence of an action. Um, sometimes, yeah, I'm starting the show right now. Uh, sometimes what we think we're trying to do is not the outcome we get. Let's say that one more time. Sometimes the outcome we get isn't necessarily what we're trying for, right? Let's think about Obama. He wants to be peaceful and uh, diplomacy and nice and soft and warm and fuzzy and doesn't get it done. And Trump is this bombastic energized, hard-turning, sharp-corner, abrasive thing, question mark, because we don't have an endgame on where his tactics get us. But here's my point. Different strokes, different folks. I get that. But where we are now, and the whole show tonight is about a different policy, because there are so many, I mean, if, if you can say juggling one or two balls, that's nice. Juggle three, all right, I'm impressed. Juggle four, rock star. Juggle five, you're amazing. Juggle six, I don't believe you. And there are so many foreign policy balls in the air right now. We need to kind of like take a step through this, all right? But I'm going to throw a curveball in. I'm going to start with something that's completely off the radar, okay, meaning show format. I'm going to start with Berkeley. You're going to say, why Berkeley? Oh my God, why? Fix, oh my God, you're a New York guy, leave him alone. No, that's that's not my point. I'm going to approach Berkeley from a little, little bit of a human side. Okay, so a couple things. One is, one, two brothers, mine. One was in the service in Vietnam, while one attended Berkeley during Vietnam. So we're talking the mustache, the long hair, the protests, okay. And that, that was a really interesting dichotomy, right? Okay, we're going to fast forward. When I was uh, getting to the collegiate age, one of the uh, colleges I got accepted to was Berkeley. And, you know, I thought I'd go in there, couldn't afford it, chose not to. Okay, fast forward again. I went to visit my brother, who lived, happened to live in the um, Oakland Hills, in the Bay Area. And, you know, 
I went to Berkeley while I was there. You know, had a slice of Blondie's pizza, a little bit like that. You know, and back in those days, and that we're talking probably, oh God, mid eighties, mid eighties probably. If it's mid eighties, we're talking about no corporations, not one McDonald's, not one Wendy's, Starbucks didn't exist, etc. So you're talking about a whole bunch of mom and pops surrounding the college, street vendors selling jewelry, tie dye, stuff like that. Fast forward again. I go back to visit my brother, and he says, hey, come on, let's go play a little squash. I played squash on the Berkeley campus. And yes, this old man kicked the crap out of me. And I was a high-tuned athlete at the time. Um, couldn't get it done. Because one, never played the sport before, but I thought energy could overwhelm wisdom. And I got a tip for you. Boy, was I wrong. Never do that against a guy who is nationally ranked. Just saying. Putting it out there. Okay. Then make another turn. Get away from Berkeley for a second, but I'll go back to it. Had a text for my sisters. And the text read something, and it was, I'm paraphrasing. Basically, listen, I know you wrote a book about Trump. I don't agree with your politics. Please don't ever send stuff like this to me again. It's not how we think. Okay, I get that. Now, see, I think differently. I want different opinions. I'm a sponge. I want to suck up stuff like that. It's how I learn. But people think differently. By the way, that's not a judgmental thing on my sister, by the way. Not at all. It's one of those, she has her view, I have mine. We approach life a little differently. Okay, no problem with that. Okay, but let's go back to Berkeley. Now we use the little dichotomy of we approach life differently. I want you to think about that. We approach life differently. Hmm. Let's go back to Berkeley for a second. Okay. I'll go back to my campus when I was at college. Oh, there was a free speech area. If you want to be hard right or hard left or anything in the middle, if you want to be business or artistic or whatever, you just want to stand up and scream and stand up and quote poetry. Didn't matter what you did. There was a literally a brick block. Step up on it. Say what you want. If people want to listen, they listened. If you didn't want to listen, you kept walking. The college was about. You learned, you moved on. You learned, you expand your world. You learned, you change your opinion. That's kind of what college is about, isn't it? To learn and experience and to, oh, God, what's the, what's the term? Incorporate different angles on things. Like if you're going to change your mind or philosophy, it's probably during college or a little after. Before college, you don't really know anything. During or after college, kind of your highly developmental adult years. I'm not talking about you'd learn 2 plus 2 or, you know, that's not my point. My point is 
you, you start learning about what you want to be as a person, as an individual. You start understanding what's important to you, the adult, the human, because now on your two legs, with your two cents, you want to have a voice, and you decide what that voice is. Okay. But my point is, free speech, something I'm an incredible advocate of, I'm passionately defending the right to free speech. If you hate my guts, I would completely empower you to, within the realm of the law, stand and speak freely about how you hate my guts. You can impugn my rights. You cannot kill me. You cannot, you cannot squash my rights or my life or my freedoms. But you absolutely can advocate differently than I am and vice versa. I want my right to free speech, so I will protect your right to free speech. That's the deal I'll make for you out in the American public. I think that's a great trade. You get to speak your mind. I get to speak my mind. If we disagree, I'll shake your hand and we'll walk away. That's okay. There's no violence. There is no repercussion. There's nothing beyond that. I'm not trying to sell you a message. But I'm not buying your message either. I want to hear you because I might learn something. Sometimes you learn about how confusing you are. You know, I'm listen, you know, I'm really, you know, I'm I'm pro-choice kind of stuff, but I'm anti-death penalty. Well, hold on a second. You want to kill somebody but not kill somebody. Pick one. Which are you? Those kind of things. My point being and bring that all up is the the berserkly as we called it back then. Protests/riots slash riots, because it were turned into there are a couple different things I think we need to really take away from this. One is the UC campuses, okay, specifically, I think it was the second largest contributor to Hillary's campaign. Let's keep that in mind, just so we know where they stand. One, I have no idea why a, a non, non-profit, quote-unquote, organization like a college would be donating to a massively, I might add, to a political campaign. Number two, let's try and keep this in perspective. Why would people allow people, let me rephrase, collegiates or faculty allow massive amounts of off-the-radar non-students on campus Wearing masks, basically. I want you to think about that. I'm here. I pull a mask over my face, yet I'm not a student. I disagree. I disagree completely. Either professional activist, in which case, why are you there? Accessing violence. Or number two, if you're a student, you feel accountable. Pick one. I don't care. All right? So that being said, I think Berkeley is a microcosm of the lunacy we are in politically in America right now. And the good news is you have a president, Donald J. Trump, who is absolutely 
impervious to this kind of just junk in the wind. He couldn't care. You can burn UC Berkeley to the ground, and he wouldn't blink because it's not important to him. He has a mission. He's going to deal and administrate for the U.S., for the, for the American public, in the best way he knows how. And you're going to have to get over it, and you're going to accept it, and you're going to have to move on. But I do want to go and jump into foreign policy real quick. So foreign policy, when it comes to Trump, is something, one, he's never done before, which is important. Two, he finally got some help, some support. Okay. So we're going to go down. I'm going to kind of rapid fire down these. Um, if we're calling, by the way, I'm going to toss a number out to you. Ready? Get a pencil. Get a pencil. Last time. Get a pencil. All right. Get your cell phone. Whatever. Um, 657-383-0241. Let's talk some Trump. Foreign policy. Um, well, let's talk about Iran. Um, if they will treat Trump like Obama and then regret it, big league. I got a tip for you. I want you to think about that for a second. Do you think that Obama and Trump are the same president? Do you think that Iran has turned that corner? They tested a ballistic missile. They violated international treaty. He now has Mattis, Mag, Mad Dog Mattis, Kelly, and Tillerson all in place. I got a tip for you. I beg them to drive those itty-bitty little boats in front of one of our warships. Good luck. I got a tip for you. This man wants to end you. He wants to put you in the ground. And if you give him any provocation, he will. And I don't say that like he, he's a warmonger. He's not. But there's zero tolerance that he's going to think that the flea controls the dog. You're out of your mind. Act like who you are. So back off or completely accept what you get. But you better understand the mindset. I'm going to fast forward and go to Mexico. If they will have, if they will see the $60 billion, that's a trade deficit in their favor, I might add, okay, reasons to listen up and get in the game. Listen, I have no problem with who pays for the wall. It's probably going to be them by default because he will simply get money from them and simply repatriate right back to that. Whatever. It's semantics. But at some point, your neighbor, pardon me, my neighbor, to the south, needs to wake up and smell the coffee. My neighbor to the south needs to get in the game. Okay? Trump is right. People come over the border, period. Drugs come over the border, period. We lose $60 billion because of a bad trade deal. We're going to fix all those. And it's all about protecting America economically, immigration-wise, and drug and crime-wise. There's nothing Mexico can do to stop that absolutely simple fact from happening. 
Now, how they choose to position themselves, whatever. But I got a tip for you. You better get in the game because there are a lot of reasons you're going to lose. Canada. Canada is a different beast. I'm going to make an odd statement. Canada scares me more than Mexico. Just remember, you heard that here first. Think about someone who embraces the refugees. On the very day that the refugees, let me say immigrants, shoot up a mosque, right, would you process that for a second? The very people that we support coming here are the very people that shoot up a mosque. Wow. You can't make that up. On the very day he said it. And that, in a nutshell, is the problem with immigration of people from terrorist nations. It's not about a religion. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with the countries. You're accepting people who have a terrorist-leaning potential. Oh, my God. Really? If I could say right now you could have someone sleep in your home right now today, you know nothing about them but they'd be from either Canada, Australia, Somalia, or London. Where would you pick? I almost guarantee the last spot's going to be Somalia. Why? Because Somalia is one of the countries. What about Yemen? Iran, Iraq? I don't, you you want to keep going? Let's do, let's do this. That's the point. It has nothing to do with a religion. They're nations that threaten the world. I know of 16 that have active training and cells of ISIS or ISIL in them. This bans on seven. I got a tip for you. Wait until it escalates because it's going to. That's a statement. That's not a question. That's a statement. Okay? What about Pakistan? Indonesia, Bangladesh, right? What about these? What do you know? What about Nigeria, Philippines? Want to keep going? You get my point. We need to deal with this and deal with it head on. It's a reality that faces the world. Now, I don't want to give them credit so they can, ooh, pat this on the back. I want to absolutely deal with the reality it is so we can protect ourselves as best as humanly possible. It's not difficult. But it does take commitment, a sheer will. And that will has not been there historically. Politically, actually, universally, doesn't exist. So Canada, go back to that for a second. How will that spin? Because the good news is the president of Mexico is actually more in line with Trump than he's not. They might disagree on immigration, but he's a capitalist. He wants best for his country. Trudeau up in Canada is a different cat. He actually embraces socialism. He embraces the immigrants. He embraces globalism. That's a that's that's a different beast. 
So I, 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 I'm curious, as Trump evolves as a president, where he goes with our northern border. Southern, we know. The northern border is a really interesting thought. So just remember, you listen to this, and just remember, we were talking about it. Um, well, Australia. Here's the weird part. He gets on the phone with Turnbull. Gets to a heated match on the phone, which ends abruptly. Let's call it that. All right. I, can a couple alpha males break bread and play nice? Can, can I just say it that way? Now, I'm just going to project out in the future. This is me guessing, but, it, but it's, I'm, I'm pretty secure in this belief. It would not stun me at all that a Trump gets a coalition of, of countries together. And they are countries. They might be, um, and again, this is just, I'm winging here. India, the UK, mm, Japan, Australia, maybe Canada, maybe Mexico. Israel. Hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll stop there for now. As kind of a, a, a trading unity. Wouldn't stun me, really at all. They all have things to gain, all things to lose. They all need a little bit of support, all you know, a little bit of love. That's not a stretch. It would not stun me if Trump reaches out to countries like Turkey, Egypt, Germany, Philippines maybe, maybe even Taiwan, Vietnam. And I'm going to use the word strategic partner in those senses. It wouldn't stun me. But here's, the, here's what people really, really need to understand globally. You have Trump. He's an alpha male. He's a guy that wants to get things done. He's not a talker. He's a doer. If he's said it, it's going to happen. Mad Dog Madison, the defense, Secretary of Defense, he's going, going to make things happen. He's not going to be kept on a leash. Kelly and Homeland Security, Tillerson at State Department. These are three real deal people, leaders, strong leaders. And Trump's hope is to rekindle the strength that America used to have. Because somewhere in the last couple of decades, we got globalized. We were morphed into this diplomacy, limp-wristed, and no, none of us want war. That's not what we're asking for. But there's some reality checks that people really need to have. When you're dealing with six trillion, that's a T, trillion dollars, six trillion dollars, 
dollar economy greater than the second on the planet, you are the only superpower. When you have the greatest military on the planet, you are the only superpower. When you're the largest consumer on the planet, you are the only superpower. I can't say it any other way except to say we are the only superpower, and we haven't acted like it in 20 years, which stuns me, embarrasses me, and is mind-boggling to everyone. And so now I'm going to get to the last on my list, which is China. I want you to think about what I just said. China's number two in GDP. They have an up-and-coming military. They want to be a superpower. They've dealt with Obama. They've embarrassed him. They've embarrassed this country. They've completely, blatantly ignored international law. When they do that with Trump, I'm telling you right now, good luck. They better listening they better be listening with their ears wide open to everything he's doing right now. He is confronting everything head on. And then they're going to say, I'm going to take over this other island in the South China Sea. What do you think Trump's going to do? Stand for it? Shut up, go to diplomacy, go on CNN and have a little soundbite and call it a day? That's not going to happen. I got a tip for you. He's going to rattle their cage. Mark my words. He said in his Gettysburg speech months ago that he was going to have his Secretary of State, quote, call China out as a currency manipulator. Now, I have no problem with that, by the way, because they do. They do a lot of things which are embarrassing internationally, and they need to be. It's kind of like the puppy, you know, coops in the living room, you know, take the newspaper, roll it up, you know, give a little, little pop on the nose, and you say no real sternly. So it learns, learns the lesson. That it needs that kind of little pop on the nose. No, China did not poop in the lawn. My point is, you need to, if you're Trump, reset China back to its own perspective. It's gotten too big for its britches. That's just as simple as it is. You don't believe me? Good luck. So you think that someone who's weaker than you should dominate you. That's you, that you just said, if you don't agree with me. I don't. I don't understand that. Can't fathom it. And if you're Trump, you can't. You can't, definitely can't fathom it, because Trump loves dealing from strength, and there's no chance he shows fear. Um, quick reminder. Um, I am John Jensen. I wrote Reality USA, which is the I'll call it the Trump Agenda, the unabridged or unrequested version of it. Um, it's available on Amazon.com. You can check out, if you want to, at fixthenation.com. You can check up Chapter 1. It's there. Um, that would be for free. Um, if you want to buy the book, that's great. 
Um, either way, paperback or e-reader. Um, I do ask, by the way, just please review it. That's the most important thing. Can you give me honest feedback? That's how we learn. You want to reach out to me? Suggestion box at fixthenation.com is how you reach me. Okay, shoot me a message and say, hey, good book, bad book, you know, know, what would your next book want to be about? Give me some ideas. Love to. I have two already started, but that's okay. That's a separate topic. Um, That being said, um, I'm also on Twitter, very active on Twitter. I love, I love my Twitter. No, I'm not Donald Trump, but, you know, I do enjoy Twitter. At Fix the Nation on Twitter, if you choose. Um, so feel free to follow, share across the board. Um, the more the merrier. If you enjoy this, if you enjoy what I say, if you believe what I say, if you just simply are challenged by what I say, please spread the word. It's what I do. All right. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoy your life. I hope you're relaxed. I hope you have a happy, happy and healthy 2017. Okay, and uh, God bless. Good night.